Hi, welcome to Clean Slate with Vicki and Joanna. Every day is a clean slate and a fresh start. Make today the day. So we have uh, Jill Vickers still with us. So she came and spoke to us about Empower and we decided to flip the switch and start recording because, you know, we are in this new world where everything is seems upside down and what's good is bad bad is good and backwards backwards and you know it all roads sometimes lead back to homeschool especially for vicky and i and then um jill is seeing um with what what's going on and being a, a former um uh, gwinnett county public school teacher i mean light years from where you were yes light years yes light years and now you've got grandchildren yes yes so yeah having grandchildren really kind of sheds a light on because I was one of those um, I was a teacher but I was also very I wouldn't say anti-homeschool but I thought people who did that were were crazy weird you you almost said you almost said weird and weird is the word that keeps coming up you know i'm we've got that homeschooling one-on-one class that we're doing at at the church and we all everybody says the same thing oh i would never homeschool homeschoolers are weird that's and that's what my daughter's um significant other says yeah they're weird and um but that has been the best decision to join the the crowd of the weird do you know what weird is in my opinion now is um we're just forging our own way and that's what public school education is it's compulsory education where everything is Mm test-based and if you're not a good test taker or you don't have great memory skills or you just flat out your gift is not academics then you're made to feel like you're the dumb one Mm -hmm. yeah and i think some of the greatest minds that have ever blessed our world throughout history um, would not have been able to sit for seven hours every single day no. five days a week um at a school desk we're you, not made to you do don't this. have to sit in a box to learn and everyone has different learning styles and you have to step out of that box and do what you're good at learn in a way that you like do you like to fidget we'll get something to fiddle with you want to doodle while you're listening doodle you mm-hmm. should stand be up to. you should be able to stand up pace around while you're listening whatever works for each and, individual yeah. kid and that's, you know, in the public school system, they always talked about, you know, you got to meet the needs of their learning style. But that's within the confines of those four walls, which makes it very difficult. And it also is distracting to some kids. And then they actually don't want you to do that because then you've gone off script. Right. And that was very important. Stay on script. They're on, right now in Gwinnett County, I believe, they have to all be on the same page of the math book across the county and so you're leaving people behind if you don't mm-hmm. let's say you missed it because there was an episode in the classroom you're moving you on you just skip it mm-hmm. but i remember when i was in elementary school whatever we needed to stop and discuss or talk about or address we did if my teacher wanted to say you know what we're going to read a book she'd sit us down and start reading a book and we all lived on the edge of our seats to read the next chapter she would read out loud to us and i just remember that and i loved it it was my favorite part of the day and the whole class was so excited it's it's not it's schooling and it's not a 
developing a love of learning. It's, yeah. And that's the thing you can't, there's no, this is the reason I was, um, I would say I failed. (laughs) I failed in the eyes of um, Gwinnett County as a teacher. I don't think in in my mind, I feel like I was a good teacher, but I am also a free spirit. That Mm -hmm. is not really what they're looking for. (laughs) They want the type A's. And um, so I did go off script a lot and I was a little more spontaneous with learning. And if, uh, you know, a topic came up during a social studies class that was interesting to the kids, we went with it. Well, if somebody would walk in my classroom, which happened many times, and I wasn't doing reading because it was reading time, then I was called to the office and given a slap on the hand or written up or whatever. So... It was very discouraging because you know you're not meeting the needs of the kids there. And um, I, you know, I always had parents really liked me, kids really liked me, administration did not like me. Mm. And um, so, you know, as I was going through that transition in my life, I had a very dear friend of mine who was also a teacher. And um, when she left for the same reasons, she said she was going to homeschool her kids. And I was like, you do know there's a place you can put them for eight hours a day. Like, that was my mentality. The kids are weird, yes, but the parents are nuts. Right. Because there's a place you can get rid of them. Why would you not do that? Oh, I know. I know. But well, I, I, I have completely done away seen the light. Yes. Yeah. Because, one, things have gotten so much worse in the past 10 years, I think, just with um, just the the learning that's taking place is just almost non-existent. Or the lack of I would learning. say lack it's of learning. Lack of learning. Yeah. Um, Do you know what they're doing is they're making sure you're obedient little voters. That's just my opinion. They're, they're going to... Yeah. <laughs> mic drop. I'm not going to drop the mic. Um, the, that it, they're making it so easy to walk away from the public school system. Yeah. And I'm going to be so bold as um, to say that, you know, you know, you're doing your kids a disservice by leaving them into this broken system. You have got some of your most fantastic teachers leaving in the Mm -hmm. middle of the school year, breaking contracts. Oh, yeah. Um, it, it, because they can't put up with it anymore. No, the the teachers are. Yeah, if it's you, abuse. It is, and and teachers are being forced to be that middleman, and I feel bad for them because I was one of them. Um, I think a lot of them keep their mouth shut because they got to keep their job, but I don't think anybody is enjoying what they're producing at this point. Well, and I think every teacher that dreamed of being a teacher education didn't look like that in their their eyes Mm -mm. and they're what what they're challenged with whether it be just troubled kids the you know very aggressive parents the admins the just everything and it's like you're still you're still a parent you still Mm -hmm. have your day-to-day you know trying to get through life Mm -hmm. And then you've got this huge pressure of 20, 30 kids that you're responsible for um, 48 hours a, a week. Yeah. And it's, it's just, it's, it's overwhelming. And I just, in my opinion, if you have the ability, and it doesn't mean you have to 
not work, you can still work in homeschool. Uh, that's that's a big misconception. Is yeah, that you, would be interesting to hear. Only because I'm thinking of so my oldest grandchild is four, and my daughter, it's kind of going down that road right now because Carson is uh, so so smart, like kind of mind blowingly smart. But she also is not a conformist, and she's not to be told you know, just sit down and be quiet, It that doesn't fly with her. So the problems that she's even having in her preschool right now is that she can't, she wants to know something and she can't let it go. Like mm-hmm. if it's not appropriate time to talk about it or it's not even a topic that they can deal with at the time, she can't let go that she has to know information. And so my daughter is like, I think that structured environment is not going to, allow her to thrive with the the capacity that she has for learning is huge but I, she feels like that's gonna you know stifle her and right. so she's gonna look she's looking into homeschool and I think you know that's there's so many now that I've thought about it as it's my dear little grandchild I'm like I I think I could develop some curriculum for her that is field trip based is just experience based because that's what she loves to do be outside explore but she's not one of those sit down and write your name. You know, her handwriting is not where it should be at her age. Well, it looks like she's destined to be a doctor then. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, so that's what I think I'm going to do is just kind of develop some some experience-based curriculum for different field trip options for her. So that's how she can learn because I, i think that is the way it's it's incorporating your education and background Mm -hmm. it's making it about it being hands-on experience based Mm -hmm. what education should be and it's that way also just being at home as home school because you're teaching these kids how to function at home how to unload the dishwasher how to do your laundry how to cook a meal how to change the oil in your car right whatever it is you learn it at home and it's going to be so great for her because my daughter is an entrepreneur and she does have her own business and she's looking to to open more but like you had said before joanna is carson could learn how to run a business just by working alongside her mom exactly and that's something that kids in public school are not going to get nope. my daughter is going to have her at an age appropriate time sit down with her while she does her taxes she's like these are yes. things that i didn't learn why didn't they teach me this in school because she's doing her taxes for the last two years because she was just like i just don't even know how to do it and she just kind of let it go she's like why didn't somebody teach me this and shame on me i was like <laughs> well i know i was your mother but it's just there's just so many things. Who's to say the public school system's timetable for everything? Like, you learn this in first grade, this in second grade, this in third grade. Who's to say that's the right way to do it? I think you can learn multiplication alongside addition at the exact same time. You were what? saying. Yes, I, there's a math curriculum. I think it's Singapore Math does that. They teach. Ooh. Yeah, it's, this is my favorite math curriculum, especially in the elementary years. It's mm-hmm. called Singapore Math. And it runs a couple years ahead of our education system. Mm-hmm. So if you were just starting out, let's say you're a, you're bringing a third grader home, you may start in a first grade book. Yeah. And that would be equivalent to the first. Yeah. Just made that up too, that multiplication mm-hmm. div, uh, addition thing, because I thought, well, they're, they're the same thing. Why not? Yeah. Why? 
Why it's make them into fast math, fast adding? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Well, and it's and I, I think they have monkeyed around with the education flow, the scope and sequence mm-hmm. in which things are being taught. Some of it just doesn't make sense. No. I've even seen that in some homeschooling curriculum. It's like, why would we introduce this? And then not have what, in my mind, is a perfect complement to that lesson. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, uh, four months later. I don't yeah. know. It's just things as you start to, you start to educate yourself. And you start to see how each child that you have, child or grandchild, you start to see how different they learn. And you have to feed that. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the thing. We want to harness that that energy that she has that curiosity Mm -hmm. we don't want to squash it we want to feed it but we also want to just direct it right um just like what you were talking about with empower it's like you want to honor your parents yeah and um so you still want to learn proper behavior you know Mm -hmm. she's wild child she can't sit down it's like fine let's run her let's Mm -hmm. get her worn out outdoors so she can then maybe come in and work on that handwriting a little bit yeah but I was sitting here just running some numbers if my numbers are right each child spends about 1260 hours in the classroom in a traditional American classroom setting and I'm that may be off I don't know I did 180 hours or 180 days times seven hours. Okay, so and that's a year. Basically. That's one full year. And that's, yeah, so 1,260 hours a year. And it's like, it. you could learn everything that you need in that at that grade level, probably less than 100 hours. And it's like, we've got yeah. all of this stuff. And you're right, you spoke about, well, why don't they teach you how to be self-sufficient mm-hmm. why don't they teach you how to do your taxes why don't they teach you how to be fiscally responsible because they the system has to feed itself because if they teach you that you need to pay somebody else to do your taxes because you know it's so complicated um so you're feeding an entire industry Mm -hmm. that lobbies our u.s government if they teach you how to change your own oil you know i mean those are things like that that reese said like if i would have just learned how to do my own oil or you know all the things that she's like but but they put me in trigonometry right and she's like, I haven't used any of the information I was given, but I've had to go out and figure out how to do things. You know, as a grown up, she said, I, I didn't know how to be an adult. And one and of my big things is why not teach nutrition yes. to avoid the health care issues you have later in life? Because that's where I am right now experiencing right. that. I mean, not that what I, what's going on with me was self-inflicted. No, but if you are teaching kids the right way to fuel their body and mm-hmm. what things they should be putting. And I don't know that the school lunches reflect that, yeah. what <laughs> true nutrition should be. But, you know, you have soda machines and you have candy machines right. and that's not but nutrition. What would happen to Big Pharma then if everybody was healthy, right? Right. I mean, so what, to your point, like yeah. everything is feeding something else. Right. So and, keep and them ignorant. and yeah, That's right. I think that... We need to go back to, first of all, we need to defederalize education, plain and simple. Mm -hmm. We need to bring it back to the local level um, and let communities elect their school board Mm -hmm. and and do and 
do the education right there in your own neighborhood. You know, the one-room schoolhouse, mm-hmm. maybe not to that extent. Right. But, but the other thing is, I think the public school education needs to end in eighth grade. I think it needs to end in eighth grade because that's the way it used to be. And then really? you would go, yep, it would end in eighth grade. Then you would go into apprenticeships. That's the way it used to be designed. You would graduate school in eighth grade, and then you would go into specific, yeah, you would go into specific uh, disciplines, whether you were going to be a blacksmith, or if you were going to be a printer, or if you were going to, you know, go into, you know, I can't think of anything. I'm just but thinking. what would you do for co- for college then, now that they're after the industrial age and all that, and I know, the technology, so, this, so how well, would you? I will say, I think it's in the uk that at 16 you're done with high school and you start going into almost like a community college at 16 you're done Mm. and then you go into a community college where you start taking classes that are more geared toward Mm -hmm. what direction do you want to go so you do that for two years and then you go on to college or not right so that's interesting yeah i know and it's it's odd to be in the line of work that i'm in i'm not a big believer that college is the way to go for majority of professions i i think experience will always trump um education because this is you get these people with degrees and they can't do anything they may have a piece of paper that says they sat in class for another four years, but they have no skills. They have no people skills. They have no communication skills. They have no soft skills. They don't know how to negotiate. They mm-hmm. don't know how to conflict resolution. They they don't have all of these skills that what it really takes to mm-hmm. to survive in the American workplace. And so it's just, it's very disheartening that we've put so much emphasis on something that was actually, in my opinion, in recent years has been designed to keep you saddled with debt. Mm-hmm. Because if you're saddled with debt, you're too focused on your own problems to see what nefarious things that are happening in our government or in Mm -hmm. our society or what's happening in the world because you're too busy with your second and third job right trying to make ends meet chasing your own tail all the time exactly so i don't know you get me on a topic that i'm so hot-headed about because i just i think there's just evil forces at work here i i think that i mean and you see it with these family-friendly drag shows Mm -hmm. and yeah, you're not allowed to come and read to the kindergartners, but, you know, these other groups are. Okay, yeah. Yeah, and I'm like, I'm sorry, what? What's happening? I know. It, and, I, and I do feel removed because I'm part of the homeschooling community that I'm like, it's not my, you know, I don't have a dog in that mm-hmm. fight. But we do because they're my next door neighbors. Right. And they are being, uh, they are being afflicted with with what this nonsense that's going on it's going to be our future leaders we have to take take some kind of interest that's what's scary because these are the people that are going to be leading our country and yeah they have no education (laughs) well i mean they have the piece of paper but like you say i mean they don't there's no skills yeah yeah and and there's there's just a there's a lack of common sense there's a lack of biggest thing is critical thinking and i'm sure you're seeing that in your job as well just over let's say the last decade do you see a difference in 
the abilities. Do you know, and I have posted this before, I am actually, the people that come to me, that they they tend to be people who want to rise above the mediocrity. Mm-hmm. So I do get a lot of the creme de la creme students right. that are willing to work to better themselves. So I'm in the unique position that I actually feel like I am looking at the future leaders. Yeah. Because those that are on their phones and are uh, not actively a part of their education, mm-hmm. they're going to fall to the wayside. Right. They're not going to rise to to high positions. They can't even get themselves out of bed. And so I am actually in the position of seeing some really amazing young people. Yeah, that's cool. That they're brilliant. That gives you hope. <laughs> it really does. I I love these these students that are just putting in the extra hours to better themselves. And I tell them, I'm like, I've got the best job in the world because I I have the honor of seeing front row, Mm -hmm. first row seating to these amazing young minds that are way smarter than me. I'm just, it's... It, it's the same way that, you know, some coaches are able to stand on the sidelines and tell people mm-hmm. how to do something, yeah. but not actually. They couldn't do it. They yeah. couldn't do it. Um, I feel that way in yeah. my job. But I realize a lot of times these young people, they just need to feel like somebody's walking alongside mm-hmm. them. Yeah, in, for sure. In, in doing that together. Yeah. So what was this topic about? <laughs> I think it was about homeschool or... The demise of the public education. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, you, you know what's we got fun? it all. There was um, I have a young man that I'm working with. He is in college, and his paper was what needs to happen to reform public school. That was a fun paper to help him outline. Mm-hmm. He wrote, but you know, I was helping to come up with ideas, and he's like. Oh, that's good. Oh, mm-hmm. that's good. But some of the things I hit on, it's like we got to defederalize um, the public education because once the government has their hands in it, then you've got all these outside influence. It's like, look at the food pyramid, for heaven's sakes. What they dictate as healthy, what did they say that Lucky Charms was healthier than a steak? Something like that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. On the food pyramid chart, I'm telling you. It's really? like, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, go eat all those Lucky Charm marshmallows. Lucky Charms, they are good. They are good, but what kind of chemical are we putting in our body? That's so, why we all need to homestead. That's right. That's right. Well, all of my friends that have chickens all these years, they were brilliant. <gasps> oh, we're thinking about getting chickens. Where are those little... We're oh, thinking I, about getting chickens I ate at our them house. All. I'm sorry. Did you eat them all? I ate them all. I thought they were mine. I'm so sorry. <laughs> she put Joanna little, ate a bunch of Werthers. There were three. Okay. <laughs> there were three, and they're all in my tummy. Three is... <laughs> I think three is a bunch. Uh, I think two know, is a couple. Three is tiny. a bunch. <laughs> they're tiny, so there's probably like 15 calories a piece. Well, the thing sugar? is, they're not chewable. You have to just suck on them for a long time. Suck and clearly suck just em, chew em. them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sitting there really looking like, where are those worthers? Yeah, I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> they're in my tummy. They're in my tummy. 
Okay, we're digressing okay. fast. <laughs> oh, well. I think it's time for tacos. Okay. Y'all ready good. for tacos? All right. Let's do it. So you guys have an awesome weekend. We'll catch you next time. All right. Bye. Sometimes we succeed in life. Sometimes we fail. But every day is a clean slate and a fresh opportunity. Make today the day.